When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! He did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Jim Root, joined by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Kai McEwen and Matt Cox. Every single Wednesday morning, we'll be dropping a new BBOC episode talking all things betting in the world of college hoops. Today's episode, we're going to discuss key games of the week, a little bit of power, a little bit of mid-major. We've, of course, got our outright dog section, a trash man pick of the week, and at the end, a little spotlight on an elite Saturday. It is the first dream Saturday of the college basketball season with college football finally taking a back seat. I know they're waiting on bowl games and debating the CFP entrance, but here over at, at Three Man Weave, we are dialed in on a college hoop Saturday. Fellas, let's get into it. Talking live dog of the week to start off. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, there's my dog. Where's my dog? Uh-huh, there's my dog. And Matthew, you kind of helped us out last week with Tarleton getting an outright win over Stephen F. Austin. Kai, you threw a dart at St. Joe's. They knocked <laughs> off Villanova. Uh, unfortunately, Sam Houston, Evansville, and Bellarmine did not really live up to what we wanted, but that's a couple of winners. Going to start looking at ones for this week. And folks, if you're listening, there are almost no games on Thursday and Friday. So uh, I think there's like 14 combined line games between the two. So we're focusing a lot on the Wednesday slate. I'm going to start with my favorite one of these potential live dogs. And I'll kick to you guys to see what you're looking at, whether you agree with me or if there's something else you're, you've got circled. I'm going with Utah Tech plus eight at Cal Baptist Wednesday night. This is a conference game for both teams, a whack game out there. Wacky whack, plenty of wacky things happen. And Utah Tech is tremendously well coached. We've documented that internally, kind of our, our wonder at John Judkins and what he's done with those Utah Tech or that Utah Tech squad. They got a star freshman point guard, Eric Demings. I just don't fully trust Cal Baptist yet. Kai, do you agree with me? Do you not? Is there another game that has jumped out to you? No, I agree with you, Jim. I'm on Utah Tech as well here. Uh, they've done really nothing wrong. They, they've only really been blown out one game. That was Washington State, but they've hung around some good uh, opponents at Santa Clara, at Youngstown State. They're in both those games, or at least they came back and covered, and that's really all we care about when, when we're looking at this section. Uh, but they can win this game outright for sure. Number one conference game, uh, always sort of play a little bit differently than non-con, a little more familiarity between teams. Uh, and two, I, I just love what Judkins has done with, with Utah Tech, the transition to D1. He's been fantastic, really under the radar. Uh, Calbab not going to overwhelm you uh, with with size, or at least Utah Tech with size. So I, I like the uh, Trailblazers here, Matthew. I, I'm going to take a swing on them. I like that they've played a tougher schedule as well than Cal Baptist. 
Yeah, fun PG battle between uh, Dom Daniels and uh, Eric Demings for Utah Tech. Maybe the better of those two is who uh, who gets the W here. I did not take that. I like the Calabs had a whole week off. Um, Jim, I like the other two that you talked about. South Carolina at Clemson. Why don't you tee that one up for us? I didn't I didn't Go. talk about either of them, Matthew. You, you take that one away. It's a big old rivalry game in South Carolina. Uh, last year, the Gamecocks got Clemson, and it ended up maybe dooming Clemson to the NIT. So there's got to be some revenge on the mind of the Orange Tigers, who have been nearly flawless this season so far, Matt. Uh, actually are flawless in the outright record. But even against the number, they've been terrific. So tell me why you're going to ride with the Gamecocks a second straight year. Yeah, the, the revenge angle certainly has me concerned, but I think there is, you know, the Lamont-Paris matchup blueprint, maybe he has something figured out there with how to prep for Brad Brownell's team, which, you know, looks a lot like last year's group. And I think you've got a point now where you've hit the peak of Clemson's value. Like, I think we all accept they're really good. I just don't know they can't be, they can be any better. Um, so at plus seven, the implied Kempom spread, Kai, you know, you should be able to get two to one here uh, or better on the Gamecocks. It's not a long travel. You know, it's a pretty easy, you know, cross-state trip there. Um, and just the way these guards have really played for the Gamecocks. I mean, Paris really hyped them up preseason, and they've lived up to the billing, um, shot-making. I think this game actually has a lot of variance, I think, just with both teams, where they shoot the three. Um, so in that regard, it kind of sets up well for a good money line type of game. So go Cox, my Cox. Yeah, you're Matt Cox. You like the Cox. I, I get it. Yeah, I, I'm probably staying away. I, I, I really like Clemson, but I've been impressed with South Carolina, too. I it's not a bad play. I, I just think this Clemson team is for real, Jim. So I will not be uh, taking the the money line dog here. That's where I land. And there's a lot of Clemson guys back from last year, especially PJ Hall, who is healthy and playing at an all American level. And I just think that's going to be on the mind. It's going to be tough for them uh, or for South Carolina to repeat the success they had last year, especially at little John tough place to play, Matt, as an ACC guy, you know, I know you fear little John. Yeah, everyone does uh, house of horrors. You know, who doesn't though is Lamont Paris, baby undefeated versus undefeated. This would be a great game. I think one of the best games of the week, by the way, I'm, I'm upset. It's not lodged with the Saturday uh, awesome slate, but uh, I guess yeah. I'm good. 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 Stands alone. All kinds of rivalries. And we'll, we'll discuss more of them again at the end in the spotlight section, a couple other potential live dogs. I'll throw at you guys. UNLV is plus nine at Dayton. Feels like it could be a lapse in focus game for the flyers, but they of course have a terrific home court advantage there at UD arena, uh, tough travel for UNLV too. Another rivalry local game here in the state of Rhode Island. Brown plus seven at Rhode Island. Brown's not been very good this year, but they are owed some shooting regression on both ends. Perhaps this is the one they show up to. And then Robert Morris at Canisius, another not super long travel game. Uh, Canisius just played two conference games. Actually, Robert Morris did two. And Canisius is still without star guard Taj Stavetsky. Matt, do any of these jump out of you, or is there something off the radar that you're actually looking at locking in? No, I think Bobby Moe, the Colonials, baby. Uh, that's the best one you picked out. That's the only one I'm actually going to officially take. Uh, I like South Carolina low enough to actually take it, but I will take Robert Morris. You're catching Canisius off two conference games, only two days of rest. They got healthy last game as well. Uh, we've seen Bobby Moe rise. They almost knocked off Towson at Towson. It was a pretty impressive effort. And Canisius, again, off the conference two-game opener um, with the injuries that they have, short turnaround prep. I think Bobby Moe gets them here. It's also Robert Morris off two conference games with – one more day of That's rest and, and they're traveling. So I, I I'm staying away that one. I think Canisius is for real. I know they just lost St. Peter's, but I think this team's pretty good. Um, all the Metro Atlantic coaches said they would be this season and was kind of skeptical, but so far they've, they've sort of lived up to the billing, even without Stavesky in the lineup Brown, that one feels like Brown wins <laughs> and I love Rhode Island, but that is a classic, just let down spot. 
for the Rams of the past couple of years. And, and man, fading Ivy teams as dogs in non-conference play, it's, it's usually not fun. I know Brown's been the exception maybe a little bit this year, but I, I can see Brown pulling that one off. Yeah, Brown's made me pull my hair out a couple games yeah. this year. Uh, did not bet them recently and felt good as they did not cover. And it's like, oh, finally, I got myself off that train. Uh, guys, sneaky under the radar. How has Robert Morris gotten away with keeping the Colonials while George Washington had to change their name? For yeah, no, the Revs. I, student student fan, uh, student population, their choice. I guess. Go Bobby Mo, the Bobby Moes or something. Let's just fully lean into that as their uh, rebranded mascot. All right, quick recap of what we're locking in. I am going with Utah Tech and Robert Morris joining Matthew there. Those are the two that I'm officially taking. Kai, what about you? I'm just going Utah Tech, the Trailblazers, the Fighting Judkins. We couldn't talk you into Brown. Bummer. Uh, no, Matthew, they've been really bad. Yeah, they have. They, <laughs> they, they, they have hate making bad. free throws. They hate making free throws. In but Rhode Island hates sure. making them more. That's oh, true. They both they both hate making Two of the worst in the country. Yeah. Matt, yeah. what about you? Bobby Moe, I need no Moe on my slate. Okay. All right. Just, yeah, just two for me, one for Kai, one for Matt. Moving on to Blowout City. Last week, somehow James Madison couldn't put Buffalo away. It, it really confuses me. The ultimate play with your food, got complacent scenario. Uh, the team that didn't, we snuck in the Iowa-North Florida game at the end of the section, and Iowa, I think, went 13-1 to run to end the game to, to get the cover mm-hmm. there, Kai, and we smiled. We smiled upon the Hawkeyes. Depending on your number, I'm not sure they closed the, or they, they covered the final number, but if you got 24 and a half. You did cover. <laughs> so again, Jim shouldn't have been close. Kind of two strange blowout city games, I think, last week. Yep. And, you know, that's we're always trying to find a motivated favorite. Yeah. Uh, and I think I've got one here this week. That would be Denver headed to Colorado State. Colorado State, maybe you could look at this game as uh, they played some big ones, and this is one where they, they, they aren't focused. But Denver's a local team. You know, Fort Collins only about an hour and a half, I think, from Denver. So I would think there's still the focus, and man, this is as big of a mismatch as you'll find with Colorado State's number six offense nationally for Ken Palm taking on Denver's defense, which is 345th nationally. I mean, Kai, Colorado State can score 120 points here if they want to, right? Like this is name your number type stuff. Yes, it is. And and Denver hasn't played any team better than 225 in, in the country. And Ken Palm, they have not seen an offense anywhere close to this and, and their defense truly is poor. It's been poor for many years uh, under Wolbrun. Now his offense is pretty good this season and Denver's an improved team, but I, I don't think you can match up with Colorado state and look at what Colorado state has done already too. similarly ranked teams. They, they smoked UNKC. They smoked Northern Colorado. They smoked Wright state who is way better than Denver. So I, I, I do like this one, Jim. I, I think I'll be sniffing the Rammies on Wednesday. Matthew. I won't, Jim. Can I take your blueprint of semi-motivated uh, crosstown rival and and cherry pick on Houston playing Rice? Both Houston. This is, this is my other consideration uh, for the spot. Yep. Here's a good cut. They didn't play last year. They played two years ago. Uh, Rice had the exact same Kempom rank, two twenty, uh, then as they do today. Houston won by thirty three. Houston's always Houston. I think Houston wins by thirty plus in this one. So this will be my blowout pick. I think Kempom has it. We have twenty six. Hopefully the odds makers don't completely screw you out of that value and give you a 29. I think I'd lay it up to 30 with the Cougars. 2019, Rice 248, Houston 39, but they finished 12. Only one by 11. Ah, yeah, the, that's the edge seems super extreme for Houston. I mean, Rice has been beaten up in the paint quite a bit. 
they can shoot, which is what you need to compete with Houston, but the shots are all contested, and I'm not sure Rice actually creates any open ones, so that's a little bit of an issue. I, I did, Matt, like I said, I almost I started typing that one up in our outline, and I switched to Colorado State. So I do think both have some some merit if you're looking for. They blocks. just played Houston Christian, Jim. So going from Houston Christian's defense to Houston's defense is like, as you've said before, going from like the rookie Madden level to the all Madden level. Like you're you're going to just be like in a world of hurt playing in slow mo. Yep, it it doesn't. Those two don't even compare. Um, and then a week after, Rice gets incarnate word. They they drop back down to rookie mode defensively. <laughs> so they they've got a little bit of a, a whiplash in in opponents there. All right. We're going to talk power games of the week now, the best ones of Wednesday. But before we do, got to give a quick shout out to our sponsors at BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up at BetMGM for $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, Terms and conditions apply. It must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Shout out to BetMGM. BBOC is sponsored by BetMGM. All right, guys, to talk power games of the week. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. Start off with Texas at Marquette, the Shaka Smart Bowl. Mr. McEwen, Shaka's old team, coming up to Milwaukee. Ken Palm has the spread minus eight. Maybe a little steep concerning preseason expectations for where Texas was, but Dylan Disu still maybe not quite back in the mix for the Longhorns. Marquette's angry coming off a rivalry loss to Wisconsin. How does this all set up for you looking at Chaka's rematch? Yeah, spread's high, but I like Marquette. Uh, Texas has played one team in the top 150. That was UConn, albeit they played them pretty well, but I think Marquette matches up slightly better with, with them, and, and that's a lot, a lot has to do with the backcourt, uh, the way they pressure defensively. I think that bothers a smaller Ace, Miss, and Hunter who are experienced guards, but ones that have had kind of trouble uh, with, with more athletic backcourts this season. We've only had one example, but still. Uh, I, I think Marquette gets a, a bounce back here off that Wisconsin loss. I uh, certainly trust them way more right now as a team. And then Matt, I'll take Shaka Smart over Rodney Terry um, any day. Yeah, I mean, no brainer spot here. Just do you want to lay eight is the question. Um, you know, worth that Texas did win at West Virginia last year. They won at K-State, which is a little more impressive last year. I think Marquette's a whole different animal just with how good they are in the matchup um, issues they present. Um, and yeah, the coaching this match, I think, is pretty, pretty ginormous uh, with all due respect to Mr. Terry there. Uh, Caden Shedrick has been kind of a huge piece, though, for Texas. Like, their only bad game, arguably, is the UConn one, and he didn't play in that one. So I'm worrying I'm... Maybe well, Louisville is bad Texas. too. <laughs> yeah, Louisville is bad too. That's right. Louisville just maybe got really hyped for that game. That's true. And Cheater goes dominant in that game, I should mention. Um, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm thinking Texas. I agree. Why am I concerned with Texas? No, they're not that good. First two road game, by the way, for Texas, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. And Texas was yeah. down at Texas State as well. So, yeah, maybe they're not that good. Shut me up. No, Guys, I, I don't. I, I don't think Texas is that good. I'm hoping that maybe the market is friendly and, and doesn't put it all the way up at eight where Ken Palm has it. But with DC potentially still being out, that, that could be. Uh, a slight issue. I just, yeah, Texas has not beaten a team in the top 150 of Ken Palm. Only played one, whereas Marquette's played a gauntlet. Uh, I, I just have to lean towards the Golden Eagles there. They're just better. Brock Cunningham now starting. Kind of scares me too. No, it does not. It does not at all scare me. <laughs> scares you if you're a Texas guy. Oh, that yeah. makes me love Marquette even more. Tell you what. Last four, full-time starter now, yeah. <laughs> all right. On Thursday, like I said, I think there are only five line games on Thursday. 
but one of them is Cyhawk, a giant rivalry game. Iowa headed to Iowa State. Now, in my mind, guys, the home team has dominated this matchup. I looked up, got the data on it. Uh, the home team has won seven of the last eight straight up and is 5-2-1 against the spread. But that's mostly Iowa. Iowa 4-0 straight up and against the spread at home. They've been a little bit more shaky uh, in Iowa State games, partially because under Steve Prohm, Iowa State became terrible for a couple of years' stretch. Mm. Um, but last year, uh, last time, Iowa State hosted with Otzelberger in charge. They won by 20, rolled this Hawkeyes team. Matt, give me a reason why I shouldn't just auto back the home team in Iowa playing their second game of the week after a Monday night demolition loss at Purdue. Yeah, and they play their second Big Ted game Sunday after as well. Um, I, I'm with you on this. I, I think neither team has like impressed me against anyone of, of legit competition. I guess Iowa had a good uh, 30 minutes against Creighton, whatever you want to call it. But other than that, I think they're both sort of propped up by smashing inferior competition, you know, depending on how, how good you think Seton Hall is. But uh, that's why it's a fascinating – it's a tough handicap because you really don't know a lot about either team. I will trust the historical data and, and lean with the home team here and the spot, but I'm not going to make it an official play. I'm too scared too soft yeah i've been disappointed with uh iowa state against power teams like matt said i mean they were up 21 on texas a m but yeah, we, we know they were hurt and let them back in the game and ended up losing that one but the virginia tech game was scary the vcu game was bad uh even DePaul, i think was up for a little bit i know iowa state ended up killing them but i don't think i was that great either um so yeah i do fall to the home team here now i know iowa state's only played bad teams at home but they are covering by an average of 17 points per game at home this season uh you know, the, the Hilton magic, there's some juice to that arena. And I think the spot is a lot better for Iowa state. So I, I will probably lean towards the Hawkeyes or excuse me, the, the cyclones here, Jim. Yeah, definitely lean towards the home team. I've seen Iowa play <laughs> a couple of road games now with that Creighton one and at Purdue on Monday when they just got overwhelmed by the atmosphere and the defensive intensity that, that Purdue was able to bring. And I think Iowa state's going to deliver that same kind of thing. And Iowa's half-court offense just isn't there yet. They don't have that star. Robbie Hummel talked about it a bunch on the broadcast. Like, there's no Garza. There's no Murray twin. It's not even a Joe Wieskamp on this team. And if they can't get out and run, and Iowa State will do a pretty solid job of keeping you out of transition, uh, it's going to frustrate that team, and Iowa State can pick up some steals and go the other way. And that's that's where it gets ugly. So I definitely lean to Iowa State. Going to be eyeing the actual number in the market. Uh, if it's five or lower, I will be betting Iowa State. We'll see, though. All right, let's go to mid-major game of the week, guys. And again, we are focused on Wednesday because the Thursday and Friday slights are light. But on Wednesday, we've got a New York battle. Hofstra and Iona, two potential conference winners here, both won their regular season crowns last year. There's still no Osborne Shima for Iona, the preseason first-team all-conference honoree for the Gales, uh, whereas Hofstra is one of the country's leading scorers. And Tyler Thomas... Kai, what are you looking at with this two, this matchup? Hofstra is, has the, the minus two favorite line per Ken Palm. Yeah, man, any other year, it'd be Iona for me, but I, I'm not impressed with the current version of the Gales. Their three wins are Sacred Heart, Buffalo, and Fairfield. Just like, it's not a murderer's row of competition so far. Um, they've lost to good teams, obviously. Uh, and Hofstra has looked pretty good. Um, no real fault with losing to Princeton and, and at George Washington's even in a tough game, but to, to smoke South Florida the way they did to, to beat Wright State and High Point on neutral floors. I think that's pretty impressive. I, I like the way they can score. I know offense I do not trust. I know defense right now I do not trust. I lean towards Hofstra here. TBD on betting it. The numbers not really Matt where I'd make it. 
I like Hofstra here. I, I like that they're on the road and again, that should effectively have not much home value at all. And also I've mentioned this point before, probably too much, but Iona coming off the conference two for to start the year and Iona won the last conference game. So they're coming off a win. Tobin Anderson has basically said like, we're really much work in progress. I think we're just trying to get ready for MAAC play and all the new faces. How do you play without Chima? Yada, yada, yada. I think all that sets up for Hofstra and their resume is just emphatically better, more impressive, more consistent. Um, so yeah, I like the pride, Tyler Thomas and the boys. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I, Hofstra just I, kind of where these two teams are at in their development stages. Hofstra's top three players are all back like guys that they can rely on from last year, know how to play together. Whereas Iona is 360th nationally in minutes continuity. They basically got no one back without Shima playing. And the Iona message board is, is a little bit down on the squad. They're, they're trying to talk themselves into being optimistic and, and Tobin Anderson having some time off to prepare for this game uh, Friday to Wednesday, but Hofstra's off for even longer. So they've got plenty of prep time. And again, it's just a team that's more fully formed at this stage. So a big, big Hofstra lean going to keep an eye on that number as well. And they have Hako Fritz. He was just an absolute mid-major all-star. So that's a key it's point. Formerly of Canisius, played against right. Iona in the MAAC. So and that was the you scout. Say, did you say Hako? Yako? Yako. Yako. Thank oh, you. I said Dutch. Hako. The Dutchman. Yeah. No, not Yako. <laughs> Yako Taco. Yeah. It's not a not a Spanish name with the soft yeah. name. Hota, <laughs> as, it, as it were. All right. Next up, the other <laughs> mid-major game of the week we're looking at. Toledo at Oakland. Two teams that actually aren't very far apart. If you look at the old Ohio-Michigan geography, play fairly frequently. Oakland is off to a hot, hot start. Eight and one against the spread, but they just got trounced by Fort Wayne, their first ATS loss of the year. Um, Rockets have lost four in a row, but all four of them have been fairly competitive. They covered against Indiana State, who's been a complete juggernaut this year. That is no small feat. Kai, what are you looking at between these two? Again, both, uh, especially Oakland, coming out of that that conference gauntlet. Man, I kind of lean Toledo here, which I hate because I love Oakland and they've been awesome besides that Purdue four Wayne game. But to be able to beat Oakland's zone, you got to be able to handle the ball, which I, I think Toledo can do, and you got to be able to shoot, which I know Toledo can do, which is weird. They're not shooting a ton of threes this season. and They've done this like, the past couple seasons. Their three-point attempt rate hasn't been as high as you'd expect, but of course they're among the best shooting teams in the country. They're, they're hitting shots. Uh, I, I think they're going to bounce back here. I lean their way winning this game. And, you know, Matt, I'm not terrified of Oakland's offense. They're super well-coached, and, and they can execute. And the, the Xavier game was very impressive. Uh, but I don't think they can, you know, bend over a Toledo defense that is never very good. I don't either. I, I used to worry about Toledo's offense, though. Like, it's very much predicated on, you know, cutting and running guys off, like, screens. And it's all driven toward getting to the rim. It's why I don't shoot many threes. They only take wide open, great quality threes. And their only good shooter has been Dante Maddox. He has 15 of their, you know, like 30 made threes on the year. I mean, so he's kind of their one man team in terms of shooting. And Oakland, I think, will sort of force you to shoot with the way they play that zone. It's a weird kind of extended zone. So I think Toledo can maybe carve it up with their passing. Um, I kind of like Oakland, actually. Uh, this is a hard stay away for me. Like the look at the last yeah, four years, away. it's the results have been all over the place. So. Yeah, this is sitting on the fence for me as well. Uh, generally like both of these teams going forward. I think they're yeah, probably going to be teams to back in the, in their conferences, despite that that uh, last Oakland effort. Uh, but this one, tough nut to crack between these two. Uh, like these guys broke down with the matchup angles. It's, it's really hard to solve. So going to sit that one out uh, in terms of betting for the show here. One more segment before we get to our Saturday spotlight, and that is 
the trash man pick of the week. The trash man pick of the week. I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. That it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. It's the ultimate trash pile. The ultimate game where we're just probably staying away from unless we find an angle to it and that would be valpo at central michigan those are my two honorees this week central michigan lay in three according to the uh the ken palm odds maker or the ken palm algorithm don't know what the official line will be i know central michigan's very banged up uh, but man they they really haven't been that sharp unless they're winning outright kai they're zero and five against the spread in losses uh, they just they get crushed if they lose Valpo's 345th in offensive efficiency. Does anything jump out to you between these two teams? I like how scrappy Valpo has been. Uh, yeah. Their roster is brutally bad, but they've been in games. You know, they, they, they've they won games, which I think shocks me <laughs> from just the start, just, just valuing this team. I mean, the Southern beat Mississippi State. Valpo beat them by 12. You know, I'm not saying Southern's a great team, but it's still something. And Central Michigan's not been a world beater by any stretch. So I kind of like that angle bit map for, for Valpo. I just think they're a team that will try and scrap harder. And, and they have that underdog mentality. And like Jim mentioned in the beginning, central Michigan is super banged up. Uh, two guys missed last game. Two guys got hurt the game before, which I'm not sure if they're in or out. Good luck finding out before the game tips. Uh, I lean towards Valpo here, Matt, the number probably won't really give me anything. Yeah, I did too. I mean, they probably should have covered against Drake. Drake just hit the gas pedal late in that conference opener, and they covered against Belmont, and they beat Southern W before. They were close against Illinois for like – They let it half. Yeah, let it, I was going to let it half. So um, I know these are all very um, minor victories, but next to CMU's resume, which is basically we beat Siena, who's terrible, and we beat South Florida on a fluky game. I, I, I side with Valpo here. I'm with Kai. Yeah, I came into the year thinking I would just be fade Valpo every game because the roster yep. was awful, but – they have been much more competent than I expected. And perhaps I should remind myself that their coach is Roger Powell, who comes from the Mark few coaching tree at Gonzaga last assistant hired off that staff is Tommy Lloyd at Arizona. He has done quite well for himself. Obviously he walked into a lot more talent and a better situation than Powell did, but perhaps I shouldn't be surprised by how competitive Valpo has been this far. And man, I, I don't trust central Michigan at all, especially if some of the guys that Kai alluded to uh, that, got banged up last game, join Rubio uh, on the sideline uh, and and what they've been really just lacking all year in terms of roster continuity. So it, it's a pretty strong lean across the board for Valpo. And guys, I might end up betting Valpo depending on these injuries. It'll be something I check at game time for sure. All right, let's get to the final section. And that is the spotlight on a loaded Saturday slate. I'm just going to quick run through some of the games that are atop the board and then th there'll be some ones that people are probably surprised aren't even included. We've got Purdue versus Alabama in Toronto. TCU and Clemson also up there in Toronto, a little doubleheader. Cincinnati at Xavier in the backyard brawl in Cincinnati. I love that game every year. Wait, Crosstown cross Shootout, I thought. Crosstown Shootout? Yeah, you're right. Be Sorry. Ben well, draws the... It's Pitt, West Virginia. It? Yeah. yeah. Thank Pitt, you. Who also play uh, Wednesday, right? Pitt, West Virginia? Don't they play yeah, Wednesday? So it is, yeah, it is it definitely is. rivalry week. Matt, I don't think it's called the Shootout anymore, though. They they changed it for, for gun reasons. They're calling it that. <laughs> Just like the Red River Shootout's not the Red River Shootout yeah. anymore. It is in our minds, we know. Right. Uh, but yes, thank you. Good catch. 
Uh, BYU at Utah, massive, massive game. Mm-hmm. Two teams from the Beehive State that have played terrific so far. I believe that's Holy, Holy War. War. The yes, Holy War. Yes, yeah. The Holy War, also <laughs> great. Uh, Illinois at Tennessee, Arkansas Ooh. versus Oklahoma and Tulsa, a kind of a budding basketball rivalry there that they've played a bunch recently. Gonzaga at Washington, an in-state rivalry. Wisconsin goes out to Arizona. UCLA goes to Villanova. I mean, that's that's like eight great games, and we're not even talking Kansas Mizzou, Rucker Seton Hall, Syracuse Georgetown, like other big time rivalry games. It is loaded. Matt, I'm gonna go to you first here. Which game jumps out to you either from a matchup or just a betting number angle that you think is something worth looking at on this giant, giant Saturday in December? What I have circled is in the Beehive State, because Beehive basketball is booming right now. Uh Utah hosting BYU, which we all agree that we love the Storm and Mormons, but I think they're overvalued at this point. Eighth and Ken Palm, and they're also a little bit banged up up front. Uh, Mark Pope talked about that on the field 68 after dark. And, you know, Foos Traore has been been out, and there are other guys. I got Ali Khalifa, Khalifa back recently, but they haven't been able to kind of optimize that front line tandem. And against Utah's front line um, towers led by Brayden Carlson, who can also stretch you away, it's sort of a problematic situation. So I think it's a perfect awesome holy war hype home spot for utah to back them uh you know especially kind of as people forgot about them i'd say you know they had the mte they lost those two games but i think look pretty you know pretty impressive then they whack st mary's up there they take your business against hawaii i think it's kind of a good time for utah to reassert themselves and add to that at large resume which i think is sort of the, the mission this year for craig smith yeah I, I think i agree with that uh fading byu is scary as hell they have Looks incredible, but the spot is really good. The rivalry angle, the fact that BYU really hasn't beaten. I mean, San Diego State's a good team, but I don't think Arizona State's good and NC State's good and Fresno State's terrible. So uh, there are some, I guess, caveat or holes you can poke if you really want to in BYU's resume, um, which if you're looking to bet Utah, that's what you want to do. Uh, yeah, first, Jim, first I'll just... Roadie, first true roadie for BYU. First true roadie, boom. Yeah, I'm sure, I I would love to go to a Utah game or a BYU game or Utah State. We didn't get to the Beehive State, by the way. Uh, Jim, I guess what I'm looking at is top of the board here. Uh, Purdue, Alabama is going to be really interesting. Not only will the total be like 170 uh, and, and the, it'll probably go over. I think the Boilermakers kick their butt. Uh, and that's just due to the defensive end for Alabama. Arkansas State is not a really good example, but... Gosh, I mean, I wasn't that impressed by Alabama's defense there. I think Purdue has a, a lot of guys that can match up with Grant Nelson. Uh, Kaufman Wren is very, very mobile. Gillis even. Uh, so I, I, I like the Boilermakers, Jim, against Alabama in Toronto. Yeah, but Alabama just hasn't really done well stepping up in class either. Losing mm-hmm. to Ohio State, losing to Clemson, um, and Clemson at home that was. And the Oregon win, man, that is super banged up Oregon with no interior players. I'm I'm seeing here the Purdue has a couple big guys, Kai. They, they've got one especially <laughs> yes. that they can feature. Uh, yeah. I think the the one I like most of that group here is uh, is Oklahoma actually against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I think Arkansas is a different team at home right now, and we saw that against uh, Duke. And they did get Tremont Mark back for the win over Furman. That was a shorthanded Furman team. No Marcus Foster. And Oklahoma's just been way way better than I've expected so far this season. Arkansas has not figured out their pecking order. Their shot selection is really bad. And I think if they don't have the juice of that, that home crowd at Bud Walton, it's not going to be quite the same. I, I think there'll be a lot of Arkansas fans there that typically are for this, this neutral site game. I just trust Oklahoma more right now and what Porter Moses be able to put together there. Uh, Matt, any other games jump out to you? You can even go further down the list if you want to. I just want to make sure we discuss and give a lot of love to this fantastic Saturday slate. 
Yeah, I'm with you on OU because they've been better on neutral sites too, right? I mean, Arkansas was certainly vulnerable down there at the Bahamas, and OU won their four-teamer, looked really good. Porter Moser, um, good coach. And if he's watched any tape on Arkansas, the book is just press them, and they don't know what to do. Uh, they couldn't close out Furman last night, and Furman was shorthanded. So, um, and obviously, the Duke game is what sticks out, uh, a win that will not age, has not aged very well. Villanova hosting UCLA. I'm still selling UCLA. And uh, I'm buying Villanova when they don't play Philadelphia schools. Yeah. Undefeated against non-Big Undefeated against non-Philly programs. Yeah, that's a that's a good one there, uh, Matthew. I, I'm staying fully away from Crosstown Shootout because I think there's just a different type of magic that goes in that sort of game. Cincinnati's been better than, than Xavier, and, and their front line is certainly better than, than Xavier's decrepit front line currently. Uh, but again, one, anecdotally, is, is home court heavy? Yes, extremely. Well, I, you would think, and I, I think the visiting team won last year. I, I think Xavier won at Cincy. I think there was a stretch where Xavier won a million in a row at home or something like that. Yeah. Think, yeah. So this is the one year I'm kind of hesitant that it's like, okay, I mean, this is Cincy's the, clearly the better team for the first time in a while here. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter in some of these rivalry games. I think Gonzaga will beat Washington, Jim. That's another pick I got, I guess. Yep, I I definitely lean that way. And Kai, our alma mater, Mizzou, heading up. We're gonna get Kansas, smoked. I'm I'm hiding under my desk for that one. That, yeah, yeah. That. Oh, I think you have Kansas a chance. Is, Kansas is always especially motivated to thrash Mizzou. They won by 30 at Mizzou last year. It's only yeah. 14 and or 15 this like year. Like 50 the year before. It was around there. Yep. I, <laughs> but this is just a game where if it's 12 late, Kansas will do everything possible to make it 20. There's no yes. going to be mild rollover. Bill Self wants to crush the spirit of Mizzou. And unfortunately, uh, Mizzou has been more competent lately. I'm just not sure they can score uh, with Dewan Harris blanketing Sean East. And uh, I just, had, I don't think Mizzou's really figured out the offensive end, especially against a team with three elite individual defenders like the Jayhawks. Matt, make the case for Mizzou. If you almost, you see, like nobody's guarding there. Hunter Dickinson. You're right. I know, but you can or spread them out. This is <laughs> this is my Connor Vanover game that I've been waiting for all year. This is where you, you spread them out and Connor makes four pick and pop threes. You kind of have KU on their heels. I don't know. I think you guys look good the last two games. I mean, beat Pitt at Pitt and Wichita State. I know it wasn't a, a an emphatic wire-to-wire domination, but you controlled that game pretty handily. Um, I kind of like the fire that Dennis Gates lit under the boys after the really disgusting was it the South Carolina State game or the, 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 the Loyola game before that? Um, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, upset from the demolition derby last season, too. Uh, I'm, as I talk the, through it, I'm already scared. I'm already I'll be the scared. alma mater fader here. I, Matt and I can go okay. head to head. I'll, I'll be a true sadly son. take Kansas minus 14 or 15. I, I think it gets gruesome in Lawrence. I don't think you can bet Mizzou against Kansas till. Till further notice, the, the fact that Bill Self does yeah. want to destroy Kansas as a real part of this handicap, Mizzou. you have yeah. to account for that. Yeah, sorry, he he, he really Mizzou. does. Yes, he takes it like we are here to destroy Mizzou, which I respect. I respect yeah. wholeheartedly. Yep. And yeah, Mizzou's got to prove they can compete with that team before you really give them a, a puncher's chance. Uh, other great games that day: Indiana, Auburn. Matthew, your alma mater. I'm probably fading them in Atlanta. I will too. Pro yes. Auburn crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. and Auburn's just better than they can take away the paint, and that's all Indiana's got. Yeah, if Auburn even shoots thirty percent from three, I think they dominate. So yeah, I'm with you. There's nothing other complicated or sophisticated out of that handicap. I just think Auburn's a better team. Yep. Uh, St. Mary's at Colorado State. Island Colorado State. Uh, St. Mary's playing up against quality competition has been horrible this year. They, they just haven't been able to do it. 
seems like they're shook confidence wise. They don't have enough shot creation. Colorado State can score against them. So lean towards the Rams. That's about it. Any other takes for Saturday, guys, before we let the people sign off with uh, a nice BBOC episode here? Georgetown beat Syracuse, I think. Ed Cooley, this seems <laughs> terrible, but but they tend to play well when they're discounted, just like we saw last weekend, right? They were supposed to get thrashed by TCU, and then they, you know, basically almost beat TCU. I think they beat Syracuse, a team that I don't think is very well coached. Uh, man, Jim, you're going you're gonna to give me nine points with St. Mary's? Last time they've been a dog that size. Oh, that's a really good dog. Yeah, I might take it's really good dog. They're, they're a dog of that size against elite dominant Gonzaga teams. That's yeah. like the only time it's happened. <laughs> yeah, I might I might go their way. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, what a slate of basketball on Saturday. Holy cow, 102 games, but there's like 20 amazing ones. Yep. So uh, if you're missing college football, that's fine. Their college basketball is here for you with open arms waiting to give you a, a nice comforting hug and welcoming to yet while you wait for bowl season. But that's it, fellas. That's all we got today for this episode of BBOC. Thank you to BetMGM for sponsoring us. Uh, and thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you again next week. For Matt, for Kai, I'm Jim Root. Happy betting. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.